You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go. As always, by DraftKings Sportsbook America's Facebook app. Use promo code DMVR whenever you sign up. I'm joined by the man with the wind in his hair and the wall to his back. Harrison. Guys, I want us to be some grown-ass men today and handle our business. That's all I want. <laughs> That's all I want today. Can you guys grow up? <laughs> it's a great that's a great intro. I've also got Brendan Vote. Guys, World Cup Madness. Team Germany, they're out. So I only got three teams left: USA, Brazil, and tomorrow. The Eagles, Serbia. Win in your in, baby. Win in your in. They play tomorrow for a win in your in game. That's right. They have to win. They have to beat Switzerland. A draw or a loss. They're out of there. Oh, the Swiss. One point, that's one point and they're in. Uh, no, no, no. They need they need the win. A draw or no, a loss. I'm saying one point. Here, you're right. Soccer has so many dumb. They need three points. They need to three win points. by one goal. They don't That's need to win correct. by like two. That's correct. Hell yeah, let's go. I didn't I didn't realize. That's the that doesn't seem so bad. Come on, Serbia, we can do this. Um, righty, sweet. On today's show, um, we are gonna look back a little bit at this win streak. Want to give some notes. Uh, that I took away from yesterday. We'll have an episode of The List coming up here shortly. It should be out today, probably about 5 o'clock. Uh, the clips are all there. Kale actually assembled some clips for me today. Thank you, Kale. Wow. Look at Kale. That. Not just producing the show, also producing The List today. Um, so I'll have that up here in a little bit. We'll talk about the win streak, and we'll look ahead to December. I don't know if you boys have looked ahead at your calendars. A little like... It's like an advent calendar leading up to Christmas, only every gift is a, a very big challenge. That's what the Nuggets have this year. It's the opposite of eating a chocolate every day. It is the opposite of eating a chocolate for sure. I'll tell you what, you guys, when was the last time you did it? Is it Advent calendar? Yes. When was the last yeah. time you did it? Uh, uh, my wife does one every year. We actually just got them shipped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I actually just picked up the package 30 minutes ago. <laughs> How about you, Vote? College for me, man. College for me. But I love Love family thing for us. Um, I my kids now that I have kids, like my wife got them one, and it's I'm telling you, it's the best thing. They get so excited to wake up in the morning, which never happens. Um, so big fan. Hey, if you oh. could incentivize them with chocolate, like that's it's a double-edged sword, though, man. Here's the thing: you get them excited, they don't get chocolate, they get a little toy. Um, but this is the thing: they gets them up and out of bed running, but then they don't get dressed because they're too excited about the new toy that they got. Mm. So it's like this is a predicament. Yeah. Hmm. 
every solution to every problem you have with kids, it, it just creates a new problem. It's it's really a tough one. So you're um, saying don't have kids. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Kid, kids, uh, kids are the best. Um, Kale is saying that he, uh, of course, you'll find it no surprise that Kale, very big on advent calendars. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker, Kale. Super producer <laughs> Kale, all about those things. Um, and then later in the show, I want to talk about some bad news, some sad news, some bummer news. Ivaca TV looks like they are on the brink. They put out an announcement yesterday, and I kind of just want to talk about that. Uh, obviously, yeah. a big partner of, of ours, but more than a partner. I mean, people, some people wrote us like, oh, no, it's, you know, more than a partner, man. It's just something I believe in. Like, it's a product that I believe in, and it's an idea that I admire, and it always sucks when this happens. So I kind of wanted to talk about that. Obviously, it pertains to the Denver Nuggets and the – city's inability to uh, be able to watch the team uh, going forward. So we'll talk about that a little bit at the end. But fellas, the Nuggets last night, Wind, you were on the show. Vote, you were on the show very temporarily. The Nuggets took care of business yesterday in what I would describe as one of the easiest wins of the Jokic era. Would you, did you guys feel the same way watching that, that that felt like among the most routine, we're trying 50%, but we're so good that we're up 30. And they were up 30 like four minutes into the second quarter. Yeah, I felt that for sure. I mean, I was at the bar eating a Bones Highland, eating some fries, drinking a Breck brew, just watching the game. Like there was no stress because Denver and Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray, I felt like in particular, and Aaron Gordon just came out and they were like, we proved how much better we are than these guys two nights ago. We know how much better we are than these guys. Let's not mess around for a half this time. Like, right. let's just let's do it from the first quarter. And they dominated the whole game. It was so easy. They put away they, an opponent that's worse than them. They didn't play down to their competition. It was just an easy, casual, relaxed win. And it was really fun to watch. I, I just really enjoyed it. I thought that's what was so ironic about Malone choosing that game to send such a forceful <laughs> message was because it was maybe the first time in the Jokic era where in the first quarter, I thought, oh, this thing's over. This thing's actually over. Now they yeah, what, what, you, what did you make of it, though? Like, I know you talked about it a little bit yesterday, but now that you've had time to digest a little bit, did you feel like it was a little bit, like, not needed? Yeah, I thought it was gratuitous. I do. I mean, I think it's easy for me to say. I think when you're a coach – like when you play the Rockets twice in a row, you probably do to some extent have to get in there and remind everyone, hey, the standard's a little higher. But I don't I think there's a difference between reminding and I mean, halfway through his remarks, I double checked the box score just to make sure that they won. <laughs> he was, man. It was funny because I was driving at the time. And so I actually had the audio up of Malone speaking live, and I'm driving and I'm kind of like is what? this from the he, right game? Like, was, did was, they accidentally replay the audio from the Pistons loss? Right, right. He was legitimately mad, or at least what came off as legitimately mad. And, like, here's the thing I'll say. Michael Malone, of all of the things I think he's good at, I think these are the things he's best at. Like, he knows the temperature of the team and what they need. So if he right. thinks they need a kick in the pants, odds are that they probably needed it in a way that he recognized or maybe he looked at the schedule as I have done and said, hey – it's, we're going to have to have our best self here going forward and, 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 and the that. But I will say that I did not sense that anything that happened in that game warranted him being concerned. They were up 30 and they played near perfect basketball in the first half. They got into the third quarter and took care of business. The fourth quarter with a second unit that's up, by the way, 28 points. 
the, like, how focused can you really be? And is it really a litmus test for where you are mentally if, oh my God, you give up a little bit of a run up 28 points in the fourth quarter? I know this is the modern NBA, teams can get hot or whatever, but I don't feel like there's something to habit building in that moment that translates to, oh, are you going to have it when you're playing against the good teams? I feel like that's just more of a don't get hurt and don't, yeah. you know, work on good habits, but Jokic coming back in. This out. Yeah, finish it out. So I just I thought it was a little egregious. Definitely. I think it was a little egregious, but I agree with you, Adam, that just like this is kind of what Malone does. This is his thing. This is how he coaches. And I I don't agree with it. Like I thought Denver was fine. I didn't think he needed to bring the starters back in. But I think you could also look at it from the perspective of like, all right, the Nuggets are about to win four in a row. They've just beat some pretty, pretty bad teams. They have a tough two-game road trip coming up. Michael Malone doesn't want his guys to relax. You know, he doesn't want them to like all of a sudden think that like they've done something because they've beat the Rockets twice. I think he's just looking at the schedule ahead, kind of where his team is at. He knows they're playing well. But I think in the back of his mind, he was probably like, All right, I gotta just like make sure we don't get too get too high on ourselves. Right. Again, maybe he has a better sense that that was needed in that moment. Maybe the Nuggets are feeling themselves. Such a, but from an outsider, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't totally see what's yeah, going that's on. That's my here. best guess. None, nonetheless, it's not a big deal. One way or another, it's not a big deal. And am I going to complain that Jokic came back in and padded some stats and cool things happened down the stretch? Heck no. I was actually thrilled that Jokic went in, <laughs> shot another three, got a bunch of points, uh, had some cool plays. So I'm all for it. A um, couple notes, though, for me. It is interesting, and Michael Malone referenced this after the game, that in the first game, they didn't send any doubles at all to Jokic. And he goes for 31 points, and he you know makes it look easy. In this next game, they actually mixed in the coverage. He said they doubled him all night. I didn't feel like they doubled him all night. I felt like they doubled him sometimes. But again, he just handled it very well. And what, would he, what did he have? Was he two for two in the first half of that game, I think, last yes. night? Yeah, correct. And it's funny. Last night was 1,000% a great example of how Jokic is playing this year. They're up big. There were moments where he should have taken a shot, you know, in a vacuum. But he, last night, very clearly is working on other things. And I don't think in last night you can criticize him and say he should have been more aggressive. I just think it's like he has, it seems to me, a method to his madness right now of, hey, I just want to show, especially in those moments, I want to show guy. I want to reward guy. I don't care if I get four points tonight. I want KCP to boost his numbers. I want Bruce Brown to boost his numbers so he feels good about himself and different things. And I just felt like last night was the quintessential example of that. Yeah, man. I, I'm pretty blown away, actually, by how Nikola Jokic is just managing the start of this season. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. From the fact that if you think back to the first 20 games of last year and just the amount of energy and just wear and tear he put on his body yeah. to post the numbers yeah. that he did. And this year, he's got the Nuggets at number two in the West, one game in the lost column behind the Suns. He's got Denver through a tough opening part of their schedule where they were on the road the entire first quarter of the season. He's got the highest efficiency of his career on the offensive end of the floor he's gotten jamal murray in a rhythm he got michael porter in a rhythm before porter got hurt he's got these new role players kcp bruce brown up to speed he's gotten those guys comfortable 
And he's conserved himself, I feel like. Jokic has put out no energy this year. Nikola Jokic, like, compared to last year, compared to seasons past, he is just taking it easy right now. And I just think it's brilliant. I think it's genius. I I honestly don't think it's, like, getting talked about enough how he's just managing the beginning of this season and how great of a position he has everybody in. And then, like we saw against the Thunder, he can still take over when he needs. But I am just kind of so impressed by how he's – done everything through the first 21 games but but you mentioned real quick vote you mentioned the efficiency it, you're almost burying it like you're almost underselling it because yeah yeah two point field goal percentage right now Aaron Gordon and Jokic are three and four in the entire NBA in two point field goal percentage 68 and a half and 68.7 only Nick Claxton who literally only dunks and yeah. Larry Nance Jr., who plays, you know, kind of like AG, but mostly dunks. Those are the only two guys higher than them two. To have two of the most efficient players, two-point scorers, and all the NBA on the same team is so wild, man. Yeah, and I thought last night was a good example of what Jokic has settled into. You know, the first half, there was no reason for him to shoot. In the third quarter, there was reason for him to shoot. And then he did. You know, he finishes with a with. I mean, he got aggressive in the third. He just did. He, did, he did, but I don't think there was a reason to. Like you're right well, that he got more aggressive, but it. I do. Effect. I think. I think everything stopped. It didn't look quite the same as it oh, did in the first, yeah, and right, they weren't right. humming. And he couldn't right, just right. sit there and say, "You guys got it." Right, but right, right. without necessarily two wins point without exerting himself, he still just uh, simply dominated in the He's third. He's barely quarter. tried this season. I agree. He's tried I for like three quarters the entire season so far. I almost said that too in the roundtable win. Like I think the the biggest note on Yoke's start to the season is just that. I think is is how it's been a third third gear thing it, with you know with the long term uh, endurance in mind. You know, totally. Yeah, and I the thing about him not trying, I I don't know. I just feel like he's trying in a different direction. I mean, sure. he's trying. It almost feels yeah. like. It almost feels like he is trying to teach guys how to read the court better. And it's almost like I'm trying to, I'm just going to make sure you're in the right spot and I'll throw it to you here and I'll throw it to you here. And we'll see if he gets aggressive. I mean, he was aggressive when everyone was out. He took a lot of shots. He had a 39 point game and a 31 point game. Like he, we've seen it now. And I will say this they need it this week. The guy, the opponents they're going to play this week, I don't think Jokic can play like he has when he's been, you know, pass first player. I think they need him to be a score first player here in these upcoming games. And I'm very curious to see how he balances that. Um, another thing that was very obvious in this game, Denver got out in transition a ton. The first half of this game was like a ton of transition plays and they were elite. Now some of this is the Rockets are horrible. They're the Rockets bad. are really bad, but Denver made an emphasis. It seemed to get stops and turn those stops into fast break. And I got to say, Kenny Pope, underrated transition player he gets out like once denver secures the ball if you'll start noticing he gets going in transition so quickly denver actually has a lot of guys like that and we've seen it on their best nights this year a lot of that has been because of how well they've gotten released from defensive stops i think once they get out in transition they're either number one or number two and just like efficiency in transition like how many points they score per transition possession. I think they're one or two in the league right now. Of course, Jokic, you know, like the best fast break starter in basketball. Right. He'll, he'll get that outlet pass out there. But yeah, man, they've got so many guys that run and they've got so many athletes that can finish. Like Bruce Brown had that finish last night. Um, 
KCP, Aaron Gordon, these guys can get up and finish at the rim. And I mean, if Denver can just get some stops, man, (laughs) like that would help out their defense so much because once they get out in transition, they're scoring. Right. Then the opponent has to take the ball out and walk it up court. Um, like that would that would open up so much more. Yeah, I, they're they're just lethal in transition, though. I feel like it's one of the biggest differences between them and some of the iterations in the past. For as good as the Nuggets are, transition has always been more tantalizing than successful for them. And I think this year it's something they're converting on. They had twenty six fast break points, and that's like a fourth quarter where they didn't really have that many. Or second half they didn't have that many because they were up by so much. But yeah, twenty six. Just for reference, the. League leader is the Raptors with 19 a game. So that was a very good transition or fast break points uh, uh, game for the Nuggets last night. Um, Also on my notes here, DeAndre Jordan affected a lot of shots last night. I thought he had a very good game. And more importantly, you know, we wanted to see the Vlaco-DeAndre combo. We've seen Vlaco in various ones. I felt like this was the best proof of concept of the Vlaco-DeAndre combo can actually work. Vlaco's been a center most of the, you know, first couple games of this breakout. What did you notice from that vote between the combo there? Does anything stick out to you about it? Uh, I mean, I, about the two of them and, and how it works together, I didn't necessarily have a ton of notes. Just that Jordan plays well in this matchup. Malone identified that early. It makes sense. It's a bad team, so you would, <laughs> you would like to see him play well. He played well, though. Uh, he played well. But he did. He did. I, I just thought, I mean, one of the things that makes the idea of playing them together interesting is that Flacco's at shooting well enough right now. The shot looks fluid enough. Is he a guy you can trust to space the floor? Not at a high clip, but hit those shots. Uh, I don't know, man. I just like I like the idea of Lacko in a lot of different bench lineup combinations. I think there's multiple things he does well. I think you're looking at the bench going, what's the three, the four, and the five? And I think you can get away with him in you know two and a half of those positions. So him plus DJ, him plus... Jeff and Zeke, who knows? But I, I like the idea of Vlaco on the floor altogether. Over Zeke? I think so. I think Vlaco's earned it. I think Vlaco's I just – he's honestly – you know, I know it's – because sometimes it sounds like we're doing the the fan fiction, end-of-bench folklore thing, but this last five games for Vlaco are a legitimate, strong case for consistent minutes, right? He ducked from the foul. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, of course he's got to play. Yes, he should be playing over Zeke if that's the that's the question. I feel like Vlatko right now is kind of the guy with Bones being out, even when Bones returns, maybe. He's just the guy that gets things started on the bench, and he, he gets things started by, like, a screen or yeah. a cut or sure. pushing the ball in transition or an offensive rebound. He's like Nikola Jokic light times <laughs> Christian Brown where like Christian Brown just gets these ridiculous offensive rebounds, deflections, and just it starts stuff. Vlaco's doing that with the bench, I feel I like. I agree. He's just doing stuff, whereas that's yeah. a bench unit that gets so stagnant so easily. You can always yeah. count on Vlaco to be trying something. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I agree, though, that I think Vlatko to me, he's just played well enough that I have more confidence in him than a lot of guys right now. And right. Maybe that wears off. I don't know because the sample size is kind of small. But right now, and this was a bounce back game because I thought the first Rockets game, he was it, the worst of his last five games or whatever it's been worst. I don't think he was bad, but it just was the most underwhelming. Then he bounces back with another game where he makes all these incredible plays, great passes, obviously that dunk, great defensive plays. And then to Win's point, the thing that I think I like the most about him 
is whenever it slows down just for a half second, mm. he does something screen like up. Oh, we have a little bit of stagnation. All right. I'm going to go set, not a ball screen, not like a, okay, I'll just run to this, but just like, Hey, let's keep it moving here. I'll fade. I'll yeah. slip. I'll cut just something that gets the defense moving and opens things up. And you just need guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. AG such a mismatch in transition. And this is part of why Denver being in transition so much is so exciting. AG has just been like, there was a couple times, and I don't even remember who it was. Maybe it was Jalen Green. Just gets mismatched up on him. And most teams, you want to be able to have your two be able to switch onto your four. Most teams want to get to that point. AG breaks that for a lot of teams, even teams that feel they're switchy. AG is murdering undersized guys right now inside. Yep. Just absolutely dunking them through the hoop. And it is one of my favorite parts of the season. Yeah, you get the feeling that he's it's finally clicked for him. Like the switch is flipped. He knows that yeah. he's this mismatch every single night. We used to see it last year. Like if I think back to last year, I feel like we saw it for, you know, three, four games and then he went away from it. And then we mm. saw it for another couple weeks and then he went away for it. Really this entire season, guys, I feel like he's just been locked into that mode of I'm just going to go to the rim and try to put my man through the basket every single play. Like he tries to dunk everything, which which I just love. I, I love when big men just try to dunk everything and never go up soft. But um, do you think it's health? Maybe he he has been really healthy this year. And I remember last year he was just like had a lot of bumps and bruises and stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm impressed, with the, I'm impressed with the balance. You know, as as Peter just put in the chat there, he's shooting really well from three right now. But I think he's resisted the temptation to swing too far in that direction. <laughs> For the most I, part, for sure. For, for, for the, the most part. part. You can point to a couple of exceptions yeah, without yeah. a doubt, but I think for the most part, that's the approach. Like last yeah. night, his shot chart, it's four threes and everything's in the paint, and he's two yeah. or four from deep. And my favorite, I wrote this in the grades, my favorite position he had last night, catches the ball in the right corner, he thinks about a three, kind of misses the window, now he's staring his guy down. A couple jab steps. Is he going to do one of those pull-up threes? Thinks about it. Decides otherwise, takes it to the lane, takes it to the rack and dunks. Then two possessions later, Yoke hits him on that no look, and he's on the right wing, wide open, and he shoots no hesitation. So right. I just think he's threading the he's threading the needle, finding the balance, and that's really impressive. Speaking of no hesitation on the three, Jokic. Mm. For, he, I was surprised he took threes in this last game. Me he took too. him with confidence, and then also Yoke. Sometimes he'll make threes and go on a run where they're rattlers every single one. He had a nice little swish last night. Nice little step back, nothing but net. Um, and it's something we've actually seen it over the last couple games. So I don't want to get our hopes up too high, but Jokic making threes, like taking them with confidence and making them is just like it it Jokic already has a 125 offensive rating this season. For reference, only Sam Hauser has a higher offensive rating. And then, playing. And by the way, Sam Hauser is like a role play. I think he doesn't count. I think you have to count starters. Works for me. And everyone else. Well, what I'm saying is when you play 33 minutes, it's different than when you play 18 minutes. Of course. Like to sustain that over twice the amount of minutes, basically. Jokic right now is number one in the NBA. And I just – to, to say that there's even another level he could unlock with some three-pointers is wild to say. But it does feel that way. When he hits him, the Nuggets – just go up a whole other level. Yeah. I mean, what do you do defensively, really? 
pray. <laughs> Actually, laugh. Don't even pray. Just laugh. Yeah. Call a timeout. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Win. take us into break. On the other side, let's look ahead at, no- at December, guys. November might seem like a cakewalk compared to December. Yes, they're home, which is good. And I think good for them reaching a higher level. I think it's good for them leveling up personally. Might be harder, though, when you look at the competition. Actually, it's definitely harder when you look at the competition coming into Denver. We'll talk about it. It is open enrollment time for individual health plans now through January 15th. Check out Denver Health Medical. Denver Health Medical plans offer the Elevate Exchange Plan, which is available on the Connect for Health Marketplace. They've got great benefits. They've got affordable plan choices. Uh, They have options for individuals and families who are looking for cost-effective quality health insurance. Maybe you don't get coverage through your employer. Uh, Maybe you're self-employed and need to get covered. Check out the Denver Health Medical Plans. That's on the Connect for Health Marketplace. You can call them directly to sign up. 303-602-4912. You can go to denverhealthmedicalplan.org. Make sure to sign up before December 15th. So like 14 more days to have your coverage begin on January 1st. Uh, Call them today, 303-602-4912, denverhealthmedicalplan.org. The NBA season's heating up. There's still so many unknowns. Are the Nuggets going to win the championship this season? We'll see. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA right now. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Pretty simple. Also, everybody, not just new users, everybody can earn up to a 100% profit boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. You guys know how that works. The more legs you add, the bigger your profit boost. You add 10 legs to your same game parlay, get 100% profit boost. Download the app now, sign up with code DNVR, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Back here, segment two. Okay, let's hit some super chats, man. We got some super chats coming in the homie show, and I know we usually save those, but we'll get to them now. First one, Keenan says, hey, DNVR fam, recovering from wisdom teeth removal, currently watching to ease the pain. Keep it up. Go Nuggets. Oof, I feel the pain, brother. You just saying that I feel it. Have you guys yeah, got- but our jokes are probably hitting for him. So. Oh, they are slapping. <laughs> <laughs> I got my wisdom teeth uh, taken out in like a closet by a uh, dentist that only spoke Spanish. My Spanish, not that great. It's okay. I can get by, but only Spanish. Very terrifying experience. It was horrifying. There's got to be more to that story. <laughs> I didn't have any money. I had to go to this, like back alleys, wisdom teeth blast the story. It was when I was young and, and yeah, on the come up. I did an insuranceless North Hollywood for wisdom tooth removal. You uh, did the same thing. Yeah, here's a fun fact. I still have holes in my mouth from the botched surgery. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I was told, uh, if I am translating correctly, that I had him <laughs> removed by the Michelangelo of wisdom. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that's oh, what he told you. For you. <laughs> the Michelangelo. Um, and we have another one. Ethan. Little brother hit a Sambor shuffle game winner. Wait, was this the one? I saw a video. Somebody had tagged Yeah, I saw this. I was going to retweet it last night, and I totally forgot. Now I feel like a terrible person. I know. Me too. I saw this. Yes. Yeah, like one in the morning. It's like, I'll save this for the morning, and then you forget. 
I think I saw this one and it was absolutely dope. We got to get it from the main account there, vote. That was, I'm that yeah, was it right actually now. send it to Kale. Look, look, Kale pull it up on the show here. Yeah, let's oh, play yeah. it on the show. Get Blacko in the dunk contest. You know what? All I'm saying, all I'm saying, I'm not saying anything. What percentage of NBA players could pull that dunk off that he had last night? You know, <laughs> it requires a certain amount of height. Probably a lot. <laughs> you think a lot? I don't. I think more than we think. I think. No, wait, dude. Right. Davon Reed missed a dunk from half as far. That's a good point. He did. Oh, do let's that. see this Sombor. Pull it back up. Look at this. These guys look young. Oh, come on. Oh, yo, God. that is okay. <laughs> this video is so good. That's a smoother Sombor shuffle than 90% of the NBA could pull off, I'm pretty sure. I want to know how many, like, kids actually – like, was that on purpose or did he just pull a Sombor? You know what I mean? Like, did he do it on accident? It was kind of purposeful. It looks purposeful. I'm saying it this looked like he was trying it, but I'm not – His brother's a super chatter. I'm thinking it's definitely a – same. I think it was 100% intentional. I'm thinking the holiday family is just practicing Sambor shuffles in their driveway like every oh. night. We love it. I absolutely love it. We have, we have to get that one out. Uh, hold on. I wasn't done reading that one, Kale. I think there was something else. Munder without trying, absolutely thriving. Uh, here's what I love. Somebody else earlier in the chat said something about we should call out when it's other team. What did they have? 100 last night? Um, yeah. barely got it. A Sambor Munder? <laughs> 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 we already have a soundboard double when you miss it by one assist or rebound or point. It's actually like why it. Malone was so pissed last night. He wanted the Munder. That's it. He was like, God so damn it. Will Malone say the words Munder today, no. this year at a presser? No, no. You know what he will no. do? You know what he will do? He'll he'll just ambiguously enough say, you know, we hope to hold them under. We hope to hold them under. I like that. We'll hold, hold them under 100 and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be too good, man. That'd be way too good. Uh, alrighty, guys. I don't know if you've done this yet, but you look ahead at this Nugget schedule. In fact, mm. Kale, we pull up the Nugget schedule in December because it is a bear. Um, the Nuggets, let me give you a couple details here. The Nuggets have six road games and eight home games. The stretch where we're like, oh, they're going to be at home forever. It kind of starts now. They have two road games coming up, and then, and then it really starts, you know, sort of in earnest after that. But if you get to this, um, let me see. Nuggets have six road games, eight home games. They only have one back-to-back, but great news. It's at Sacramento, after, at Sacramento, at Sacramento two times in a row. So it's a back-to-back for both teams. There's no okay. – even though it's a back-to-back, they're not at a disadvantage. Um, they have 11 games against – five. 11 of the 14 games are against teams 500 or better. Only three games in there against teams with a losing record right now. So it's a pretty tough in terms of – competition it's pretty easy in terms of you know being at home like if you look at this after this little stretch of three road games out of the next four you basically are home for two weeks with a little trip to la and back i think and and around the holidays which is kind of cool like i know it's a little thing but being able to be around your family for the week leading up to christmas i think is a big deal so you take a look at this um is this easier or harder than November win? I've got to think easier just because of the home games. Um, 
the opponents are really tough though. Like quality opponent of opponent has gone up significantly. Like we're not playing the Spurs anymore. You know, we're not yeah. playing the Thunder. We're not playing the Rockets anymore. I mean the Rockets. Um, yeah. I mean, we got all those teams twice, right? Yeah. But the home games are definitely going to help. Um, man, I don't know if it's easier though. It's it's tough. It, it, it's definitely tough. The, the thing about November is the travel schedule was bizarre, right? So it wasn't just home road. It's you're on the road constantly. Then you have the flu illness and COVID thing kind of tear through the team. I do wonder if there's something to being at home more, a little more consistent with the routine, whether on, on the road or at home and, and, you know, guys being healthier. There's a hidden side to this team. Wind has been talking about this because of the way they, the, some of those factors we just talked about in November They've lost some winnable games at home. I think this team is a home juggernaut right now that's sleeping. I think when they lost to Detroit and Knicks right around the COVID, which kind of like they count, but they don't really count. Right. So, right. I I think it's something that you can't really look at the record and see it yet. But in my opinion, when they're healthy, I think they're going to be very, very difficult to beat at home. So I actually feel a run coming even. And here's the other thing about this team. They're a good team. We've actually seen in the past the raise of strength of schedule sometimes brings better play out of them. Right. So maybe there's something to that. I do think we're a week early on this conversation because if you look at this at Atlanta, <laughs> at New Orleans, they come home for yes. Dallas and then at yeah. Portland. Like it's actually going to feel more like they're on the road than that they're at home until you get to basically next Friday. And you have to always think about this less in terms of games played and more in terms of days at home. And if you look at that, they're going to get home December 9th at 2 or 3 in the morning from Portland, right? That's a Friday. And they'll be home basically from Friday till Thursday, which for an NBA player, it's rare that you're home for six and a half days straight. They're going to be home with their family. And then you only go to L.A. for one off. And then you're home for another 11, 12 days, you know, when you look at that. So basically from the 9th of December all the way till the 26th of December after Christmas, they will be home all but one night. Like they're only going to spend one night away from their families. To me, that's where this is really. So we're a week early, a little bit on this, like turning the page. But after that, I do think that you're going to just get a continuity of waking up at the same place, seeing your family, being in good moods and a chance to really get rolling. That being said, the Nuggets are rolling right now and they're playing some, some of their best basketball of the year. And this week in particular to me, is a big challenge. Like you look at that at Atlanta at new Orleans. Well, first of all, at North, let's go in reverse order at new Orleans is a one thirty game on a Sunday. Those are always weird. Those are always tough just because it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. Daytime game, not a lot of rests. You probably get into new Orleans the night before, you know, it's just weird, weird there. Um, and also new Orleans is really good. Like their net rating, I think is third or fourth best in the NBA right now. So they might be a sneaky, better team. I don't know yet what to make of them. They might be sneaky better than their record says, even though their record says they're good. So that one I think is going to be the more likely loss at Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta's that good of a team, but Trey young has traditionally just smoked the nuggets. Oh God. (laughs) And Atlanta, by the way, is also just like the hardest city for whatever reason, Denver has the hardest time there outside of San Antonio. I think that splitting these would be great. There's a real chance you go 0-2, but splitting these to me would be like, okay, you did your job and you still have some momentum building. But there's also that chance that Denver's turning a quarter here and can get both of them. And if they get that, it'll be a big one. What do you see, Vote? What's your prediction here? A split. I mean, I think the New Orleans one is tough. But I, having said that, and as you were talking through it, 
the Pelicans are in this kind of clipper zone for me now where you think of it and you go, oh, man, like that can get tough for the Nuggets. And then you look up Jokic's numbers versus those teams. You know? <laughs> he them, yeah. It's actually not. So I kind of like he's a guy who stepped up his play in that arena. Um, you know, not a guarantee it happens again. I think 2-0 is possible. I would think a split. I think Atlanta is quite beatable, and I'm excited to see this dynamic hasn't quite manifested yet. But I'm excited to see what KCP and Bruce Brown means for that Atlanta matchup. Could it be a different mm. equipment? Yeah, Trey Young's terrifying to go against. He always kills the Nuggets. I remember every single game that he's played against Denver, I feel like. But you would think the Nuggets have some personnel to make life tough for him. A split would be awesome. Uh, a split would be great. If the Nuggets do go 2-0, man, we are going to – I can't say the word. I can't say the S word. No, we've replaced it with Nug Hype. Oh, yeah. The Which nug is, hype. I feel like a good one. Like, you know, the other one – it's a yeah. bad, it's a negative connotations. It's you know whatever. Nug hype is like it. positive. It's we can't it's a say the S word. Yeah, can't you can't say, say it. We can say nug hype. We've re- replaced the it. nug hype will be through the roof. Like <laughs> we will be so full of nug hype, it will be tough to contain. It really will. And then you'd come home against Dallas, which is always a tough one, and you'll be on national TV carrying a six game yeah. win streak if you were to do that, and that would just be really really great. So I'm I I think in a lot of ways these next two games. I'm not saying make or break anything. I just think that they are a they little bit of – <laughs> Yeah, they're more make. They can't break, but they're more make. Like you win those two games, and I do think that all of a sudden you're – people notice you'll probably be the one seed. You'll probably have one of the two or three best records in all of the NBA, and you'll have a couple good wins under your belt. So this is a chance where I can't – I don't know what to expect, but I think the Nuggets can be good. If we we talked about the optimism because they're playing so well. Let me give you two reasons or one reason really why the Nuggets maybe have more bumps along the road coming up. I suspect that Bones Highland will play at Atlanta. He has not played. The bench has looked very good, albeit against bad teams. Bones is a big piece of that, and I think he elevates them for sure. But reintegrating any player is tough, especially one that is so ball dominant mm-hmm. as Bones Highland. Does that mean Ish Smith leaves the rotation? Does Michael Malone know what his rotation is going into Atlanta? I know after the game, and you were there, vote. you can correct me. I thought his answer about Bones was a little weird because it started off as a very protective, you know, he's coming back from injury and we want to be safe with him and this or that. But it also kind of crossed my mind. There was also a little bit of a, Oh, but if you look at what the bench has done since Ish came in, like it's a, and I kind of was like, hmm. It's it's it kind of like the Porter thing with Bruce a little bit, isn't it? I don't yeah. know though if you know it's easy for us to do some digging and projection there. Some, sometimes I wonder if we overthink that, and that's just his style of saying, "Hey, let's not forget about these guys," you know, who came in and took, who did get the job done. I think he clearly loves Ish. Like he fits a lot of the Malone, oh, yeah. checks a lot of the Malone boxes. Um, I don't know though, you know, not to be a huge Debbie Downer like Michael Malone. I mean, go and look up Faku's stats against Houston. Like the bar for, I think, cracking a healthy rotation is a little higher than that, or at least should be. So I think it's going to get back to bones, but it's, it's look, Malone has admitted as much. I think he feels safer as a coach with vets on the floor, regardless of the talent. He just, yeah. What's great about Ish Smith. And I talked about this a little last night. I don't think he's in your regular rotation, your playoff rotation when you have everybody healthy, but he is a guy that you can trust, right? You can trust him. He's not going to lose you a game. 
He's going to compete on defense. He's going to fly around on that. I'm so impressed by how hard Ish Smith plays every minute that he's out there for a 13-year vet. He's playing. He's playing like a guy that knows he has an extended rest coming up. Like, yeah, he's playing like he's. Well, I'm gonna rest for the next two weeks, so I might as well yeah. go hard here tonight. He goes all out. I'm impressed. And then yeah. offensively, he's just gonna like get stuff going. You know, he he puts people in good spots. He creates easy shots. So, um, the trust factor with Ish is through the roof. I feel like. Yeah. The bones part, though, I do think he's going to play, and I do think the integration will be a little bit easier, although I do think there'll be some bumps there. Like, just any time a guy's been off as long as he has, I think there'll be some bumps. So that's one obstacle. The bigger one is Michael Porter, who I suspect, and I don't know if you guys have a sense of this, I suspect he's going to be out for a little bit, like another week or two, but I think he'll be back in December. I don't think this is going to go past, like, you know, December. I think at some point. And when we look at the schedule – He's the big, even way more than Bones. He's the piece that makes things so different. Not just your style of play with your main combos, but how you rotate guys in and out of the line. He changes, he's the player that most changes the starters and the bench. Like he changes both of those lineups. And it is funny to me because I want to make this point because Michael Malone did, and, and I've seen this a lot actually. People are reporting, you know, oh, the Nuggets look really good with Bruce Brown in there and this or that. The Nuggets right now still. In fact, Bruce Brown, even going up against Houston, the Nuggets starting lineup with him in the with him in Michael Porter's spot, a plus eight point seven net rating, and which is good, which is very I would call that very good, not quite elite, but very good, and a one seventeen point seven defensive rating, which is terrible. Like you think about him being into the starters, it's supposed to be your defensive lineup. Michael Porter on a bigger sample size with the starting lineup, meaning one hundred seventy two minutes to one hundred fifteen. Plus 17.4 net rating. That's hyper elite. That's beyond elite. That's one of the best lineups in the NBA. Um, and then a 101.6 defensive rating. We saw this, by yeah. the way, a couple of years back. Last time we saw Porter, that the defensive numbers with him were so good, even though it didn't match the eye test. You think it's not there? So my thought is, I think there's going to be some pains with you bringing back Michael Porter. And it's not always about what he looks like when he's alongside Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, whatever. You can look great and even be better in that lineup, but is it going to be better consistently for the team? And is everybody is there going to be some growing pains? That's one thing that the Nuggets have momentum that could throw a big wrench into this month because it's almost like you reset things when he comes back. Yeah, it does suck because you really felt like up until the injury, like this team was on the verge of clicking, obviously, but on the verge of clicking with Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic on the right. floor. Um, and yeah, we've set that back here and I was just looking at the injury report. He's listed as out for, for Friday. So, I mean, we'll see if he plays on this road trip. I would guess not. No, I, I would, I, I would guess not. And I I, guess the reason not. I say, I think he might be out for a little bit and this is, don't read too much into this, but when we were at practice the other day, I just watching him, I was like, you can kind of tell when a guy seems like they're close. Sometimes you're wrong on that, but you can kind of, I, I looked at him and I was like, looks like they're going to shut him down for a little bit and. And that's the right move because um, you don't want to mess with anything. You don't want to take any chances. And the Nuggets are also great without him. Um, Like, as we've seen, they have been better defensively in this stretch of four games without him. Uh, They have been better offensively as well. But like you said, Adam, I don't want to, like, make a sweeping conclusion that they're way better without him because, like you said, the defensive numbers with him on the floor – have been actually good. 
They've played like as a top 12 defense this year with Michael Porter Jr. on the floor. Yeah, I think there are two or three games you can point to this year, especially getting closer to the injury, where he was just flat out not good. I think outside of that, Porter's pretty low on my list of like reasons why the Nuggets are struggling at X, Y, or Z. I think he's been an impactful player, a positive player. Yeah. Uh, I think there's something to the aggregate size defensively. I think we talk about Aaron Gordon as a mismatch, pro- mismatch yeah. problem. I think that's amplified big time when he plays alongside Porter. I think it gets really confusing and strange about how you match up with them there. And I think as good as Bruce Brown is, you know, he just shot like four of seven from deep against <clears throat> the Rockets. I don't know if that he's shooting well this year. He's shooting right. well this year. But do you want him to be that guy taking those open shots every time when Porter's an option? I put this in the round table. I see all of this more as like, hey, this is a more complete roster. They have different routes they can go. That's it's it's not a problem for me. It's a feature. It's a feature of Booth's success. It's so funny too. Like Michael Porter is the most unlucky person on earth in some in a lot of ways. He really is because he was great to start the year. We were raving about he needs more shots because he's playing within the flow yeah. and much of that. Like there were parts of his game that were concerning for sure. The defense and not getting to the rim. But in aggregate, we were hyped about him. Everybody else gets sick. He plays and plays horrible. And that's our last memory. Right. Last, like, right. if he would have stopped at any other point, we'd be like, man, and wait till you add Michael Porter back to this. But our last images of him going one for 11 and, you know, not being able to carry the team whenever the guys are down, which is fine. It's not like that important. So I think he, I feel like this is a weird thing where Michael Porter keeps losing momentum every time he builds it up in the weirdest ways. And this right. is yeah. so true, man. Let me ask is it really a heel? Um, look, we'll never really know on some of these things, but I have no reason to suspect not. And I would say, again, you can be a little reckless here, so take all of this with a grain of salt. I think that I, I think I'm pretty confident it's a heel just from wa- watching him. Yeah. I don't think it's a back. Like, yeah. I, I, it looked to me like he had a heel thing going on. And by the way, Michael Malone did say it was a thing that had been growing in him or whatever, you know, that it was kind of there and just in, in this or that. So it could also be one of when we talk about him not getting to the rim or looking as explosive. Oh, totally. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you, I think he was playing hurt. Like, right. You look at his last right. three games before he got hurt and he was shooting it terribly. He clearly like wasn't moving the same. He went one of five from three against Dallas, one of five from three against Dallas, one of six from three against the Knicks, one of five from three against Detroit. I think he was playing hurt yeah. and they were just like, no, we're just shutting it down. Yeah. I think so too. I honestly think that's it. And look, hopefully it doesn't last too long. Who knows? Maybe we'll get an update. I look at the schedule and just think a lot of times you do these types of things. If he's out against Atlanta, like you start to think like, when would they bring him back? Right. Maybe against Atlanta, right? After you get through this Rockets thing, the way I suspect that'll be the case with bones. Then you look at it and go at Atlanta, at New Orleans, Dallas, at Portland. I wouldn't, I, maybe he comes back against Dallas. Maybe he just doesn't come back until they get this homestand where there's all those games and he has a chance. So to me, I wouldn't be surprised if he was out another week, another week and a half. If you start to get past that, then I think we're all going to have little questions of like, hey, what's going on here? You got this long homestand. If he's not starting out on that homestand, you start to wonder, is this going to linger you know, deep into December or what have you? We'll circle back then. But I don't think there's any reason to kind of worry about that just yet. Yeah. That's the month of December. It should be an interesting one. I will say this. By the time we get to Christmas... I think we're going to know exactly where this Nuggets team is on their road to contention. Unless another act of God comes through and they lose a Jokic or a Murray for an extended period the way it happened in November. Because I think we're very close to the Nuggets being the number one seed. If they don't get COVID, 
very easy to imagine they have one fewer loss, one more win or better, and they're right there with or ahead of the Phoenix Suns. I think by the time we get to Christmas Day, one, I suspect that'll be a matchup against number one versus number two, or at least very close to it. And two, I think we'll know by that time, hey, is this team more or less for real? Because there's going to be a lot of challenges along the way. And if they pass all of or most of them, we're going to be pretty hyped about them. Win, take us to break. On the other side, let's talk about Ivaca TV, Altitude TV, and the situation we once again find ourselves in. Oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of DNVR. Pins and Aces, they have awesome gear. Like if you wear Pins and Aces gear, you're going to get compliments on and off the course. They're family owned and they're based right here in Colorado. They've got awesome polos, hats, golf bags. They also have a beer sleeve. It's an innovative product. It allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and more importantly, keep them cold. For the entire round check you guys gotta out. be following by the way big drive energy on tiktok mm. those guys make hilarious tiktoks man yes those definitely. are our golf guys throw them a follow throw them a follow big drive energy pins and aces.com they're also always rocking pins and aces gear always pins and aces.com use the code dnvr 15 percent off your first order get free shipping as well pins and aces.com um also guys athletic greens we love Athletic Greens on this show. They've been with us for a while. We've all tried Athletic Greens. We've, we've all been doing it. Um, if you want just better gut health or more energy or an optimized immune system, check out Athletic Greens. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Mm -hmm. It's lifestyle-friendly for whatever type of diet you're on. Athletic Greens works with that. So if you want to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, check out Athletic Greens. Just one scoop of it into a cup of water every day. They're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets, athleticgreens.com slash nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, back here, final segment. It should be a short one here, DMVR Nuggets Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. That always helps people discover us. We're looking to be discovered, guys. We're looking to grow and grow DNVR. And when I say these things, sometimes it's the easy stuff that helps the companies you love you know, grow or just stay alive. So leaving an Apple review could be your way of contributing. Maybe you're not a DNVR diehard. We hope you become a DNVR diehard. You get access to all the content. We did a roundtable discussion today that I thought things we did not talk about on the show, we talked about in that uh, in written form. If you're a diehard, you have access to that. If you're not, you're going to miss out on that one. Most of our stuff is free. Harrison's been on fire over the last week or two with some great content, exclusives with Ish Smith. He's been doing some great stuff. Votes always bringing you the game day grades with some great writing in those and just an extra piece of content for you that's different from the show. So you have all those things. In addition to all the benefits to all of the different little gifts and shirts and merch and party buses and all those different things. So consider becoming a diehard um leave us a, re a rating a review tell friends about us sometimes it's just as simple as hey you're in a group chat with buddies talking nuggets do they know about us do they know that you're getting i've had people tell me sometimes i don't tell anybody about you because i like to steal your guys's take so my friends think i'm smart <laughs> which is like one awesome love it respectable i respect, respect it. it respect I it respect number it. two man help us out man <laughs> <laughs> um, so just sharing our content, sending a retweet sometimes is the easiest thing you right. can do. Just retweet it, boost it up. Even if you're like, well, I only have 20 followers. What's it matter if I retweet? 
it's part of the algorithm. People just are like, hey, this is a popular thing. Let's throw it as a suggested thing or what have you. Um, and then lastly, we have our party bus. I think you have a couple days left to buy. Our party bus is next uh, Saturday, a week from Saturday. By the way, that game against the Utah Jazz, still a big game. Still a big game, yeah. Denver versus Utah. So that it should be a very good one. Uh, we're at, we have two buses this time. Last time we did just one bus. This one's oh, baby. Let's go. Very few seats left already, even on that second bus. So Let's go. Yeah. And uh, we got some stuff going on with the bar that night that I think is going to be really fun. And you never know who might show up again for that one. Trying to work on a very special guest to to maybe hop in the post game show. So if you're thinking about it, it's a really great thing, man. It's a great way to meet people and do some cool stuff. I say all of this to set the table because people got an email last night from our partners at Avaca TV. And I genuinely love Avaca TV. You guys know I just got it. And I got it not because I personally need it. Somebody asked me, oh, you didn't have that before? I watch every game at the DNVR bar, every single, or, or at the arena. Every single game, I'm one of those two places. So having it at home is actually, I don't actually need it. My wife finally got sick enough of not watching it. And to be honest with you, when people talk about just stream, just get a VPN, you dummy. People don't realize, like, I hate, I hate the mentality, that mentality, because one, you over-index your own habits, your own viewing habits, and two, I saw these comments on Reddit last night when they were talking about it, and it honestly broke my heart. Maybe it's because it was one o'clock and I'm tired, but it broke my heart because somebody just said, I saw a comment that was like, I just bought this for my grandma. Like I, I just I got, saw those too, man. Oh my god, yeah. I just got it. Like my brother just got this, and we were talking nuggets for the first time and for the long. This is the stuff I don't think people realize. VPNs, illegal streams. First of all, they suck. Like, illegal streams are so lame. People that are like, oh, just do that. It's so dumb, man. Like, it's so stupid. Um, it's, it's not the same experience at all. But also, you just miss out on it. This is the stuff that I've noticed over the last four years. This idea of, like, I had uncles and my dad and people that I would talk nuggets to every time I'd see them. We just had Thanksgiving. You know, people that you would sit here and talk about Jokic or this or that. And they've just fallen off because a VPN to my uncle, come on, man. He can't even read his text messages half the time. So that's the <laughs> thing. So Ivaca TV took a swing. They took a swing, man. They had balls. I mean, this for lack of a better term. Comcast right now is a monopoly. I don't, I'm shocked that more people have taken the anti-altitude side. I don't think there's a good or bad person in this fight, by the way. I, this is not a pro-KSE, pro-altitude take. But it is weird that public opinion, maybe it's because the altitude people have gone, you know, and I love Vic, but maybe it's because he's fought with people on Twitter who have tried, you know, this or that. And, and then this. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that Stan Kroenke is a face that people know and Comcast is not. It's this entity. Spoiler alert. There's a billionaire that runs Comcast, too, guys. Like this isn't like a billionaire versus like a poor little startup on the side. This is, a, you know, a corporation. But whatever it is. Avaca TV did something that I connect with a lot because DNVR is doing the exact same thing. They're trying to start and upend an industry that is among the most difficult to upend. Sincerely, trying to say like, hey, the media is changing. We're trying to find a new distribution pattern. One of the toughest things you can try to do and Avaca took a swing at it. So for me, them being on the brink, and by the way, they are not done. They might have one or two Hail Marys left, but they're letting people know, hey, this thing... Our runway is in sight now, and it looks like we're we're out. Do you have something there, Harrison? I'm talking a lot here, but yeah. do you have something? I mean, the only thing I've got is just like this is a huge L for Nuggets Nation. Like this sucks, man. Um, a lot of people were watching the Nuggets on Evoca TV. Obviously, not enough, but 
a lot of people were, man. And um, like you were talking about regarding that thread on Reddit, I had heard so many stories over the last couple of months about people who hadn't watched the team for the last three years. A lot of, you know, older people, like my, my parents, my parents, people's age, like that aren't just going to go through the trouble of learning how to stream something because it's just not worth their time. Right. And they probably can't figure out how to do it. It's just not realistic. But those types of people were connecting with the Nuggets again. And it was so great for the start of this season. And to just have that taken away like that, it's it's a huge help. It just sucks. It's It's just a big loss for this community. Uh, I want to address this one. First of all, DNVR is a company. We don't all share the same opinion. So if I disagree with vote on this one, just know that's we're a company. We don't all have to have the same opinions about all of these things. I disagree with vote though on this one. I am knocking it. And I'm knocking it for this reason because I think that there is a culture right now I don't where people don't realize that there are consequences for the actions. Like it's your only option to do this. And I understand that. I'm empathetic. I know Vic went on Twitter the other day and said something to budget your money better or something like that. Like it was the worst way you could phrase things. And it like, I know, I know how that sounds. The way I would phrase it though, is that the way the world works is that it, you can't say you support something and then not actually support it in some way. And this is why I don't like the illegal stream thing. It's because you're taking something without giving anything back. You're not actually exchanging it. You're really just stealing. And I'm not saying, look, I understand the way the world works. If it's there, people are going to do it. But what I'm saying is not everybody that watches an illegal stream is, you know, you know, Johnny Unlucky who doesn't have the money to spend it or this or that. Some people do it out of an act of convenience because it's just like, why wouldn't I steal something if I can? And the reason I say this is I saw people on Twitter and on, on Reddit and this or that kind of shitting on Avaka and like just shitting on this or that for failing guys. It takes a lot of courage to try to start up an industry. And when people don't recognize that you're going to be left with things that you you're, you're, you're going to be uh, disappointed in what you're left with. Everything gets reduced a little bit. And Avaka TV, somebody's like, Oh my God, DMVR must be in shambles. They were, they're a partner guys. Like they're an ad partner. We have a lot of ad partners. I think we have like 30 something ad partners. Um, and I don't mean to, I'm not trying to, I, I appreciate them being an ad partner very much, but I'm, they're not ultimately going to make or break DNVR that if we lose them as an ad partner, what I will say is that they said, when we pitched the Serbia trip, they said, that sounds really cool. We think that's really cool for Nuggets fans that they would get that content. We think this is a good thing. And we think that if you make this documentary and we put it on Ivaca, a lot of people will sign up. And guess what? A lot of people did. That campaign yeah. was great. I got messages last night from all kinds of people that told me, signed up for the documentary. I'm so bummed. I got my box a month ago and now it's going away or what have you. Like Denver was not the reason. They, they're open in a couple different markets. And I'm told and the Altitude, uh, Altitude uh, PR person came out last night and said, hey, Denver's been a success, but the other markets, what have you. My point is, when you say, oh, don't knock streams because this is the option for this or that, not everybody is that way. And when if everybody acts that way, you start to not get the little things that make this special. How often do we hear people say, I wish we had DNVR here. I wish we had this there. This documentary is awesome. I would love it for Luca. I would love it for Giannis. I would love for this or that. Ivaka yeah. made that happen. And I'm so thankful that they did. And I'm so bummed that it it's, looks like it might not work out for them. And I just say that to say, it's very easy in today's day and age to be a cynical online person that is fine just taking and finding this or that. I'm bummed about it, and I hope Comcast and Altitude figure this out so that we don't have to have these converse, these 
soapbox conversations, begging people to support the things that they love so much. I'll knock illegal streams. Illegal streams suck. Like it's well, a it's a, a bad quality. It's a yeah, bad they, viewing experience. Like I know it's free. I know it's not hard to do for people who are like up to date on technology. It sucks <clears throat> to stream a game compared to watching it on cable. It just does. And if right. you think like streaming is equal to cable, you're an idiot. Like I'm, no, you I just, just are. I just mean I'm not knocking people who are limited exclusively to that option, to, like people from afar. Like sure. saying, I'm with sure. you guys that sure. it's an inferior experience sure. without a doubt. There's no yeah. doubt. Right. There's no. And doubt. I'm not trying to be too much on the soapbox and tell people. I'm just saying that people have to really think about the things that they like in life are not a given. Sometimes it really is like you got to support it. And if you can't support it financially, trust me, guys, I get it. I just told you I had my wisdom teeth pulled out and behind a freaking 7-Eleven one time by somebody I could barely communicate with. I know what it's like to have to like cut corners everywhere you go. <laughs> Trust me on this. But, but if you can't support it financially, support, find ways. I always tell right. people there's so many different ways you can support DNVR if you really believe in it and you don't have any money to support us as a diehard. There's so many other ways you can do it. Leave a rating or review. Retweet our stuff. Those things are free. You know, Tell friends about us. Use word of mouth advertising. Um, those type of things go such a long way. Sometimes they go further actually than just signing up and becoming a diehard. So if you like something, support it. And this is a huge bummer that I think is for uh, all of Nuggets Nation that there's one less option for you to find out. There's still others. There's still others out there. It's not like you have no options, but it is a bummer because I was really rooting for this little engine that could. That does it for today. We got a couple more. Eloy says, take my money. Hell yeah. Gordon, man, my guy, two days in a row. Gordon, oh, Gordon. Canadian Gordon. money. My guy, man. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, what else do we have? Do we have another one come in there, Kale? MBJ's form is oh, – this one a little different here. <laughs> MBJ's form has recent bad games. Reminds me way too much of the start of last season where he needed a backyotomy. Man, we can't go out on that one. Can we go back to Gordon's? Yeah, get Gordon <laughs> back up in here. <laughs> Honestly, we love you all. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Thank you so much for riding with all of the various things that we do here. Off day today, tomorrow, another on day. Nuggets back in Atlanta. We'll be live from the DMVR bar. We'll see you all there.